This episode of Making Games is Fun is with Luca Redwood. Luca is responsible for 10 million. You must build a boat and now photographs. Photographs is quite a departure from his past games. It's still a puzzle-based game, but the puzzles are used to tell a tragic story. Five tragic stories, in fact. Five vignettes with five different puzzle games attached to them. We go into quite a deep dive on the game itself, but you don't have to have played it first to get something out of it. And it's not too spoilery, but it is a bit spoilery. But you'll definitely still have a great time with the game if you listen to this first. However, I recommend that you buy it and play it because it's really good. Thank you for continuing to listen to the podcast and supporting us. I really, 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 really appreciate it. I hope you're enjoying the uptick in content so far this year. Expect it to keep moving at a blistering pace. Oh yes, the blistering pace of once a month. However, sometimes you might get more than one a month. So stay tuned. Keep subscribed, etc., etc. Blah, blah, blah. Um, cheers and get ready for the next episode of Making Games is Fun. I did, I did some study of like Greek tragedies. Right. When I was making this game, okay. and I can't remember who who it was. Some some Greek fella. Some Greek lad. Yeah. Uh, and he, his his pitch was like, in order to have a tragedy, mm. like, there has to be a choice, right? Because if something really bad happens and you didn't make a choice that makes this happen, that's just bad luck. Right. And the bad luck is is not good, but it's not tragic. Yeah. So all all these characters must at some point face a choice and it's got to be something that you can empathize with and yes. say what would i do in yes. that situation um, yeah yeah so they all have this pivotal moment uh, which i call the choice mm. um and one of the reasons i've got five very different stories like mm. a different uh, cast of characters and a different story in a different setting is that if you do not empathize with one of them I'm fine with that. Like mm. The second story, the athlete, is like 50-50. Half of, half of them say, oh, she got what she deserved. Huh. I don't even yeah. care. Yeah. Uh, and that's fine, because yeah. by having like a wide variety of things, at least maybe you'll feel a connection to one of them. Yeah. And I think I think it, that's reflected in the end, where you have that series of choices between out of these two people mm. who... Do you empathise with more or or even just who do you think deserves to go up a step, right? I've got a 
a bit of criticism for that actually. Okay. Uh, people it, think it's quite cruel to the player. <laughs> like why why are you putting the, the player in this situation and you're just sort of reveling yeah. in their misery. Yeah. And the the reason was that you, up until now you've been a passive observer of these stories, right? Yeah. And then when we hit that point in the game, sort of the viewfinder falls away and you be, you become kind of the subject yes. of the game, right? And you've been experiencing these characters making very difficult choices, they're put on the spot, both options. Mm. How you, how am I meant to choose between doing mm. this or doing this? And then the player experiences that, yeah. right? What they've done, and rather than just saying, uh, "Who do you want to choose?" We kind of make more like, "Who are you going to not choose?" Yeah. Right? Because that's that's a much harder decision to make, yeah. especially when they're sort of entreating you on, yeah, yeah, on why they should be chosen. Yeah, and just like little mechanics, like the you can't just tap you can't just click you have to drag and mm. drag and drag and, yeah. and it's a real like and it's quite slow yeah you've got to really <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was a slight there's a slight uh look on your face then like uh, yeah that's good i like that bit like um slight malice <laughs> but I like, I think, you gotta mean it yeah right that's I why think it works i think mm. it works i think it's fair because as you go through the stories you have the lines that, that are added to the in-between that, that, that warn you that this is what you're going to have to do or they foreshadow that you're going to have right. to yeah. decide. It, it isn't sprung on you entirely. No, right. Which is fair, which yeah. makes it fairer, right? I think it, you, you're being prepared for what you're going to have to do. Perhaps you thought you were just going to have to go, oh, that one, that person. Right. <clears throat> but that's fine. That's a nice, a nice, well, I don't know if it's a nice surprise, but it's a, it's an effective surprise, right? Mm-hmm. Um you definitely have the lens turned on yourself in more ways than one. Obviously, you've got your picture appears, right? But mm-hmm. it, in a more in a deeper sense, the lens is turned on you because you have to think. Well, what's in terms of values and principles? What's so? What's the most important to me? Yeah, and um, are you making a value decision? As like, yeah. what's going to save the most life? <clears throat> yes. Well, yeah, okay, maybe jailer in that case. I don't know, but. Mm. I don't know. Does he deserve it the most? I don't, you know. Yes. He, maybe he did something wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Like the alchemist, he's he's probably the purest. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And then, you know, how do you make that decision? It's not easy. Uh, yeah, that's it, and 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 it it allows you to think about yeah your own principles and and mm. and maybe you know it's not something you necessarily think about that deeply every day. And by by making it uh, like a contest between each each pairing that makes you think harder about that than just going, right. well, I, th- I think this guy, because you, then you're really considering each the situation. The relative values to each other, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm. which is a great, which is a really great idea. But um, sort of in terms of designing it, what came first? Was it thematically, you know, that did the stories come first, the idea of having these tragedies or, and then and then you sort of thought about the mechanics or was it the other way around? Were stories then mechanics? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that was the right decision. Um, because the game took... A, it's a short game, and It took a long time to make. <laughs> uh, and the reason for that is that I, I had the story that I wanted to tell. Yeah. And then I would come up with like a cool puzzle game. And then go, that's a cool puzzle game, but it does not tell my story. <laughs> right? Right. Or, more, or more often, I'd have a story that was... Um, oh, yeah, th- th- I can make this puzzle tell this narrative beat really well. Oh. 
Oh, but then like eight levels on when I need to tell a different narrative beat, can I really coerce this puzzle to tell that? No. So while there's like five different puzzle types, there's like 30 that fell by the wayside and, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah it's good, but not. So maybe it would have been better if I came up with like a cool puzzle and then saying, okay, so this is a puzzle about how the, this conflicts with this. How can I make a story about that? Mm. I don't know. I mean, it, it worked out the way it did, but maybe it yeah. took longer than it, it needed to. Did it take longer than the, your previous games in that sense? Because you had to sort of more accurately marry the two things five, yeah. five times in a row. Yeah, I, honestly, it was maybe the stupidest thing I've ever done because it's. <laughs> I, I just made five games. Yeah, yeah I guess you did. Right. right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was basically making five <laughs> games and then putting them into one. Yeah, you did, yeah. yeah. But, I, but that was actually strangely uh, freeing, I think, because like... A lot of the time you'll come up with a puzzle on like say, okay, here's a puzzle game and I've got this mechanic where these things connect together. How, how, how can I get 50 levels worth of, of, you know, juice out of this? Whereas like there's loads of times where I'll introduce a mechanic, use it once and then throw it away because each story is only 10, 15-ish puzzles. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it means you can do stuff that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do because you know you don't have to milk it for 50 levels. Mm. Yeah. So there were advantages to doing it that way too. Sure. Um, it does feel quite a departure from what you've done before. Was was that a, like very deliberate to just go, right, we, we've had, you know, you must build a boat and hmm. I always have to count the zeros. 10 million. Yeah, it's 10 million, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, it is very much a departure. Obviously, there's still the puzzle element, but it's... Hmm. It, so was that a was that a conscious decision, and when did you make that decision? Uh, I think it was a combination of quite a few factors. Uh, not least that I personally wanted a change. Mm. You know, I, w- I wanted to do something a bit different. And I think even in twenty fifteen, getting harder and harder to make indie games and get them noticed. Yeah. Right. So it was. In a way, it's the riskiest thing you can do to do something that's quite unusual and out there. But yeah. I'd argue it's riskier to do something that's similar to something that 30 other copies have released on the same day yes. as, as yours did. So I wanted to do something that was, was quite unusual. Mm. And um, I'd accidentally read an anthology of short stories. I picked up a book for a holiday thinking it was a book, and it wasn't. It was an anthology of short stories. Uh, and then I, I really enjoyed it. And I, and I thought, oh, I, I would have never have intentionally bought short stories mm. okay but i enjoyed it and so i thought okay well how does that apply to huh. to video games um and then there's like a there's a subreddit called writing prompts okay. and um someone will post like a, a one sentence prompt to write something and then people write a little story and there's some cracking stuff on there some some really good prose and again that's basically a short story mm-hmm. uh Oh, yeah, I find it really interesting how you can pack in a narrative into a short space. Um, thing with video games, uh, you you have a niche audience of people who love uh, video games with text in it, uh, with loads of text to read, and, and me too. Um, but like, like most won't read your text and will skip it. So I was thinking, I was like, okay, I want to tell a narrative story, but that anyone can play. Um, so I've got to tell this story 
using text sparingly because I can't guarantee people are going to read it. And that's where all this stuff about using the uh, the photographs and the dioramas and the uh, gameplay mechanics to tell a story because I kind of had to. Um, I think a few things, a few points come up from that for me. Um, thinking about anthology, like short stories mm. and short story anthologies and that sort of thing. There's one strength of those, of that format is that you can have that um, connecting theme in right. there. And it can often make people think more deeply about that theme because they think, oh, this this is true across all these stories. One of the worries I had with the, with the, the game was uh, it's about two and a half to three hours. Okay. Um, now, if someone puts on something, this is like a short experience and it'll take about three hours for you to, to, to have the whole thing. For me, that is a, a big tick in the pro column. Um, but I think maybe some from other people, like I say, I know I want at least 300 hours of gameplay uh, and it's a big ticket. So I was like, should I just like keep quiet about this or should I be upfront about it? Because, you know, I, I don't have much time to play video games. Um, I've got to look after the kids. I remember when I played The Witcher 3, I, I, I sat down to play it and I just spent it picking up herbs. <laughs> And I realized, oh, I haven't actually progressed. I've just got a load of herbs, right? I never, I never finished it mm. for the same reason. I never uh, finished it. I, uh, it was quite a good role-playing experience. I did finish it, but like, I'd have all the side quests. People were like, oh, Witcher, come here. My, my daughter's been taken by a dragon. I was like, don't care. Main quest line. <laughs> uh, yeah. Are you main quest line? <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, it was, um, I think short is good, yeah. but I was, uh, I was a little worried about it. So, uh, yeah, I actually say it at the start of the game I just think the best way to do it is to set the expectation and I just say each one takes about half an hour and then yeah I, I had no one complain about it so I think I was a bit worried about nothing it's quite a good um, one dad to another is a really actually a really useful <laughs> bit of information at the start of oh excellent I've got time to start playing this right now yeah yeah <laughs> it was I, generally like cool <laughs> it really felt like my my uh, concerns were taken right taken into mind I thought yes good because I do have about half an hour, so I can probably get one done now. Mm -hmm. Go and pick up the, the the big one from school. I can do a couple more tonight when they're down when they're in bed. I was a little worried about it though, because it's like saying, um, "Do you subconsciously or even consciously have a timer in your head?" Are you like, "I've been on this level for one hour. I am way behind the curve." Yeah. He said it would take about <laughs> half an hour each, because I have had someone say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you should really. Don't worry. It'll only take you half an hour. And you think, oh God, I've been on this puzzle for an hour. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, almost sets a a standard, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. So was it important? for you to make the game a tragic story in, in, indirectly I would say okay. um, so if someone said what is the main theme of the game I would say it's empathy that is that is what I'm trying to trying to talk about in the game and tragedy is, is the way I, I used to invite that empathy um, and the idea was that uh, <laughs> In my mind, this is why the journalist is maybe the star of the show, even even though he's just like one of the characters, is that I wanted it so that if you could condense down any of our, our character's story into a headline in, in The Daily Hate, right, and you saw that, you, you would judge that person 
uh, and you'd be like, oh, that, that, that person is a shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, by playing the game, you you see the context uh, surrounding their decisions and the difficulty and how they struggled with the choice and you sort of realise, well, okay, it isn't, it isn't black and white, okay? It is a bit more complicated than that. And while was before I might be quite happy condemning all five of them, now I'm actually struggling to say... Actually, I want to I want to help out multiple of them, uh, and it was trying to get you to go from that place to that place. That's so. Now we're going into ending spoilers here because uh, okay. So you definitely stop. Really seriously, go and play it. Um, I chose the journalist at the end. Okay, but surprisingly uh, popular choice. Yeah, actually, I thought journalist would be like uh, three or four, and uh, journalist is number two. Huh. Most popular choice. Okay. Mm. Okay. I think, I mean, probably obvious from my point of view, because I'm a photojournalist and I do podcasts. So, you know, I'm, I think fairly typical choice for me, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, my reasoning was, was, as you say, it's like, well, in terms of impact, this is the guy, right? I mean, right. all these stories are, have their own value and, and you know, and, but in terms of impact, this has got to be the most valuable, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I really... I really loved the the way that that ended with the kind of retconning all the headlines to to show each character and say and and it reframed what had actually happened to them. Right. And 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 what was what I quite liked was um, I feel like negative in my in my head I feel like negativity is easier. Mm. You know, people that's that's a fairly accepted idea that negativity is easier and it's easier to be negative in a short shorter format for example twitter yeah right right <laughs> but um actually that there's brevity in those headlines but they're very empathetic and positive positive. Mm. and i thought that was quite interesting that you don't we associate i feel like that as a society we associate brevity with callousness and negativity uh, sarcasm etc mm-hmm. right we rarely associate it with a positive spin yeah you know? um so that's quite i find it quite surprising it's quite emotionally affecting that ending because you just you, you manage to compartmentalize and not compartmentalize um that's quite a negative word in itself isn't it you manage to sort of succinctly sum up each character's mm. uh dilemma and situation yeah my favorite one is is, is the athlete for that one because like her her headline was national disgrace Right, and it yeah. started off this chain of events that made, made yeah. stuff bad for her. Yeah. And then the, uh, if he chooses not to be, be hateful, his, the headline is, stress child makes mistake. Yes, and that's like, it. How can you argue with that? Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> even if you were in the point where you were like anti the athlete, yeah. you, could, you got to be looking at it and thinking, oh shit, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the same story. He's telling the same yeah. story. It's yeah. just uh, reframed. The other thing I thought about the whole the whole game in general was that um, I wasn't sure whether I wanted to have the power to reverse things, right? Because I feel like uh, mistakes hurt, mm-hmm. um, but is it right to be able to? If you've already made that mistake, 
like is it right to be able to like rewind that and and, and change it have you learned anything and mm. no matter what the consequence you know but i feel like the the best the purest way to um deal with others mistakes was to have the journalists um have the opportunity to rewrite those things to say look you, you did this but it's okay right because we're allowed to mm. make these mistakes yeah so yeah it felt like he was the right choice on that in that sense as well because mm. it gave um as you say empathy and the game is about empathy it gives empathy and dignity to those people to say you're allowed to still be a human <laughs> and mm-hmm. have done these things you know yeah um, i am um, yeah i didn't want to we never really discuss like the the how and why of how this sort of this retconning works because it's not really super relevant the how and why no. it's a wizard i don't know right yeah, yeah um yeah. but he does sort of invite the question is like well say for the first story uh, he says at the end of the story you know I should never have given up the cure um, why didn't you say I just shouldn't have gone out that day that started off this whole chain of events yes. right but I mean that well, that would cheapen the story right and it was all yes. about making a difficult choice so yeah you go back but you, you can't go all the way back to the beginning before the bad stuff even happened you can just split the where uh, mm-hmm. the, the choice happened mm-hmm. um and I, th- I thought that was important, but yeah, no one's no one's complained that why can't I just go back in time all of the way? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't I was uh, tempted um, to do a six ending, uh, which is like if you're at the point where you're choosing mm. which person chooses, and I feel like you don't choose within an hour uh, uh, to do like a, a secret ending to sort of say, okay, well here's what happened. Huh. Um, and I think my plan was to make that quite a negative ending. Okay. Uh, and to basically say, yeah, well, you, you have done no good by, mm. by not making this choice because these guys had to make this difficult choice and there was no third option to sit sit back and do nothing. Right. Uh, and so why should you get away with it when they didn't? <laughs> I quite like that, yeah. Mm. Um, I find it interesting, like, with the... Um, my, in terms of who got near the top, my decisions, um, the native got quite far, but not... I got to a point where I thought the problem is either way, whatever choice he made, this is, this is not something of his doing anyway. This is the set, this is the settlers doing. Right. So although I'd like him to get out of this, the problem is we know that that doesn't happen. We know from history that that, Mm -hmm. yeah, there is no choice. Are are you at best granting a temporary reprieve? Yeah. Mm. So that was, I thought that was interesting and, said something about that about uh, appropriation and yeah and, and just just people settling and taking over lands and destroying them there's no real it's not you know it's not the fault of the, of the natives it's just you you would they're victims mm. right, of, of that so i thought that was interesting i wanted the jailer to be kind of a, a totally different story because there's like um there's a trope with that sort of thing is like, oh, he appears to be a savage, but he's actually very wise and, uh, yeah. and noble. Right. Uh, and I kind of wanted to do the opposite. So he starts out like, hey, I'm, I'm wise, noble and peaceful. And he gets increasingly pissed off, basically, mm. yeah. at, at what's been doing. And he tries to be a, a good guy and what he's seen as the good guy. Uh, and it all backfires. And, and his ending is like, I mean, you... I, I, I wouldn't call this, but you could call it an, an evil ending. Right. Uh, whereas, like, he just he just flips out and he uh, yes takes care of biz takes care of business. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
which is is, is very different from all the others uh, work because mm. they're quite uplifting but then on the other hand you might feel that's quite just so fair enough yeah yeah and in my head i thought well if that if that did happen it would only bring more settlers to the area to, to deal, mm. deal with the problem yeah the, the savage problem yeah right? um yeah no that was that was that was a really interesting one for me and that's that's a really good point i hadn't fully considered that that it's not necessarily positive to go actually these people are all very wise and hmm. that's that's um that's another trait anyway isn't it make it exoticizing these people as these mystical right everyone's a mystical sage sort of floating around with you know hmm centuries of ancient knowledge it's like nah they're just people living in a slightly different way yeah um but yeah you're right that that's the only those seem to be the only two uh two options mm. in that story usually and, and we don't consider that it's actually could can be quite dehumanizing in itself even if it seems positive yeah no ha huh. yeah I think I picked up on that, but not so consciously. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of stuff in the game like that, and I was saying this to someone recently that I was like, "Are you to develop a commentary? What? Why did you do that?" And um, the reason I only did it, I only did it now after the release, uh-huh. is that I want a lot of the beats to hit subconsciously, like. If someone says plays the game, it's like, oh, well, I see what Luke has done with that mechanic. Very clever. Okay, I don't <laughs> mind. But yeah. if if they don't. That's also fine, and it's just something that subconsciously, you know, yeah. guides a player towards a behaviour I want. Uh, that's good. And I was worried by sort of doing this, co- doing a commentary on it. I was like saying I'm not confident enough mm. in how that this mechanic delivers what it's meant to deliver. That I have to hang a lantern on it and say, look how clever I am. I just did that. Yeah, and I think it's possibly like a creative and narrative mistake to write something in such a way that you want people to go. Oh, that's clever. Right. Because exactly. then what are you doing? Are you writing a story about people? Are you are you making something to make people think you're, go, cool. you're yeah. clever? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I always try and avoid that. So I pop up a message on the commentary saying, play through the game first, all right? And then, you know, if you're, maybe you're, you're interested in making video games or something, and then you're interested in it, that's fine, but that's not yeah. part of the canon experience of playing the game. So going back to, because um, you mentioned about how you had all these puzzles, like puzzle ideas, and and but the problem was some of them didn't fit. Mm. Um, expanding on that idea in general, um, I did read something you saying that you've you've got this kind of constant notebook you have where you've just got <laughs> somewhere, around, somewhere with you, yeah. like just game idea after game idea yeah. after game idea, right? Right. Um, um, I've been embedded with um, us two gangs for a, a few years now, and throughout um, the making Monument Valley Two, I saw that process where you know, you've got a set of levels, and some of them don't make the cut, right? And mm-hmm. some of them think this is great, but for whatever reason, it doesn't fit into the wider narrative, or you know, there's there's a hundred reasons why it doesn't make it in, right? Mm-hmm. And there's there's levels in that that I just thought oh, I really like that. Is that not going in? You know, and said no, it doesn't. We can't make it work. You know, even though it's good. And even as like a peripheral peripheral um, member, mm. that that felt really painful because I was like, oh god, you have to leave that out. And it just just so it just made me think like, how does it feel to have just this 
glut of ideas, right? That you think, given the time and resources, you want to make things. How does it feel to have it's all those? Almost sort of- universally painful. Yeah. Because um, my work's quite intense. I, I usually go in, into the office fairly early, and it's it's mm. just me, apart from the occasional pigeon that lands at the window. Uh, <laughs> and then I, I just sit there staring at the screen yeah. uh, until it's home time. I usually don't take a break for lunch. Right. Uh, and then, you know, I could do that for upwards to a month yeah. uh, in the case of the athlete six months oh. and then you know sp- spend a month and then say no and throw it away and it never gets easier mm. um, yeah but that said I designed a game Paradise Catch in 2015 okay uh, decided not to, to make it uh, and it had a mechanic in for sort of you did individual actions and you're uh, you, but also if you do them in a certain order, then they chain together and something else happens. Um, and I'm doing a game jam at the moment uh, where I'm making like a, a card game. And I was I've, I had my notebook on the train here and I thought, you know, what's going to work perfectly here. So I, I just made some notes and thought about how it worked. And <laughs> right. I'm, yeah, I'm probably going to use that mechanic okay. uh, from four years ago. And <laughs> so it's not, it's not always totally wasted stuff. It's not necessarily thrown in the bin. It's just, you know, maybe something you can refer back to later. So it's yeah. not a total loss. So you can see it as like potential for some, just lots of little ideas, little smatterings of potential that you can mm. draw, draw from at another time and think, oh, actually, that is now coming into play. Yeah, it, it didn't work in this game, but it could work in this game, that sort of thing. I like that mm. because I, I, I have a problem creatively where I will... I think it's also uh, a, a working from home versus getting out and, and sitting somewhere to work. But yeah. I'll have days where I'll have I'll be sitting down and with the intention to put some ideas together for one specific thing or plan one specific mm-hmm. thing out, whatever it is, right? And I'll get like twenty minutes into that thing, and and it'll make me think of another thing that I've got ideas for. Or a new, a completely new thing, mm, right? Or something. I thought oh, that might fit there, and then before I know it, I've got like five tabs open, and I'm, I'm adding to this, I'm adding to mm. that, and I'm just flooding my brain with like. I think, I think that's a maybe quite pathological problem with our generation. That's only going to get worse. Yeah. Is that we're sort of like inherently multitasking and like none of us can focus mm. just because of the environment we, we've we've grown up in and I, I find it a massive problem for, for me to work so I'll, I'll only go to the office if I know what I'm doing if I've like here's what I need to get done today if I don't know I'll go to a coffee shop and I won't bring my phone and I'll just bring a pen and paper ah, okay. uh, and then it's the only way I can really get anything done uh, and you know and I try to I try to avoid it and I try and be be disciplined and uh, but you know it's just there's so many distractions your... and stuff. Yeah, um, you don't bring your phone either. No, so I've got you're... I've got a um an a non smartphone that my wife's just got the number for for emergency calls if she needs to call me. Okay, um, but no, no internet or anything like that. So if you but if you need to like if you need to research something or if you need to, uh, you know, if you have an idea and you think mm-hmm. what's you know you have to look something up, you just have to. Yeah, well, I just think you know I'll 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 do that tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And well, I, th- I think that has cost, right? Like I try to, I usually work when I'm at the computer, I try to work with the, uh, the router turned off. Right. Um, and then if I need to know something right now, mm. okay, like, uh, 
I, I might turn it back on for a bit. Mm. But if it's if it's anything else, I try to sort of say, do I need to know this right now, or, or can I wait until like four o'clock so mm. I can get I can get some work done now and then I can check these other things later oh. on. Um, that's that's a tough discipline. That's yeah. yeah I'm not very good at. It. I mean, that's that's, that's <laughs> what I, that's what I try to do. Yeah, it doesn't okay. it, it doesn't always work out. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> And especially, at least at the stage I am now in sort of a development cycle, huh. um, where I've sort of like I've finished one, but I'm still doing stuff to do with it. I'm still talking about it, um, doing updates and stuff, talking to the community and feedback. And you can't, I can't really disconnect, right? Right? Like yeah. Part, part of that whole God, job yeah. is being there. Um, so like yeah, this jam I'm trying to do, I've been trying to do for like four weeks. It's uh, it's just my own thing. I'm just trying to do something in seven days. And uh, yeah, I've done about four hours, and you know other things keep popping up, <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's hard work. Yeah. So did you always want to make games? Yeah, so my my story is quite co- cool in that I, I always wanted to make a game. And I, I just, I never really went for it because the dream seemed too big. Hmm. Uh, and then in 2011, so I, I had like a day job at like a company that made trading software and sold it to banks. Okay. Uh, and then my wife got pregnant and then I thought, well, I'm never going to make it making video games. Yeah. But I'd like to have at least given it an honest shot. Yeah. So when I'm on my rocking chair in my 90s, I can sort of look back and say, at least I gave it a go. Yeah. So I decided I was going to spend that nine months, uh, evenings and weekends, crunching to try and make a game in nine months because I am not going to have any free time mm. for the rest of my life. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so the, 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 this, this is my only shot to do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did it and it was, you know, literally overnight success mm. uh I'd, I'd gone out that night to sort of wet in the baby's head i'd gone out with some friends for some beers uh-huh. and i woke up yeah. with like a bunch of skype messages from a lo- load of people because touch arcade had covered it overnight and then suddenly it had like gone viral yeah my wife was waking me up it's like are your games really popular i was like what are you talking about, you talking about? because i was hungover. <laughs> uh right yeah and then i, I just logged on like thousands and thousands of people talking about my game and I had told no one like I was still in, in the stage of naivety like I'll tell you what I'll do I'll finish the game I'll release it then I'll do my marketing Yeah, right, which isn't which is not the correct way to do it <laughs> right and it just so happens that uh, the guy who was editing this magazine saw it at that point in time and then he thought that is a terrible name 10 million why would you call a game that number <laughs> And then he thought he, it was so bad he had to try it. <laughs> and then he liked it. And then he spoke about it. And then some other people thought, well, you know, that's interesting. And they played it. And yeah, yeah literally overnight, it became a big thing. And I managed to quit my job a few months later. That's amazing. So in a way, you sort of accidentally did do your marketing just by naming it something that... So what this, is that? I contend it was a good name. Because if it was called... Someone came up with a really good name called Dungeon Rush because it's like you're rushing and you're going through a dungeon and it's also the most generic name in the world. Yeah. I was like, well, that is a, a better name 
does yeah. it necessarily stand out as much? Would it have caught Eli Hodap's eye over at Touch Arcade if it was called that? Probably not. Probably and then not. would it have started the uh, the ball rolling? Probably not. Also, yeah. it appears first in alphabetical lists, which is very handy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, something like the thing with Dungeon Rushes, you immediately go, oh, it's another one of those. Yeah. Uh, I'll have a look. Yeah. But yeah, I think, do you know what I think it is, even with 10 million? It's the fact that you have to look closely at it to go, so my, is that one? Is that a billion? Is that, hold on, let me check. One, two, three, four. So for the store pages, you can put in like your keywords, right. or like things like genres. And I take up all my character allowance with uh, 100, 1,000, 10,000, 100,000. Because people just like put one and a bunch of zeros and see what happens. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, it's really interesting. That, so, so you'd not even had you made anything before that? I had made I had made a little game called Roll Rover, which was very bad. Called and what, that, sorry, Roll Rover, which oh, is like okay. a puzzle game where you drove a little car, and that was basically just learning the tools. Yeah. Um, back then, I used Unity. Unity iPhone is it was known at the time. Uh-huh. It's quite niche. No one had ever heard of it, and it was cool. It's like before it was cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> But because of that, it was actually like, it was harder because you didn't have any of the, the inbuilt tools right. that you had back then. So you had to do a lot of your work. So it took a bit of time to, to learn how to use it. And then I thought, okay, I've made a game. It was a bit rubbish, uh, but I now have a handle on mm. how I think you, I can make a game in this thing. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, that was my, 10 million was my sort of proper effort. What was Royal Rover about then? It's about a car and you had to sort of drive it to an exit. Okay. But it had like a positive wheel and a negative wheel and then one stuck to like a positive stuck to negative blocks. Right. The, actually, no, I think the positive stuck to positive blocks because I remember someone, someone complaining about that and I thought, you know what, that makes sense. I don't know why I did do it that way. <laughs> Didn't it repel um, <laughs> But yeah, and like you could increase or decrease the size of your wheels. So you say, oh, I need to go over here without touching that and then into balance here and then make this wheel smaller so it fits through this hole so it can touch this thing and okay mm. i think it was kicked off the app store for being too low quality (laughs) yeah that's great that's great well quite an improvement between the two then right yeah yeah i'll take it but so, so so it's always been puzzle games for you are you interested in any other genres i would never say i explicitly went out and, and okay. said, I'm a puzzle game creator. Okay. Uh, in fact, 10 million, I did not want to make a match three. I was dead set against it. Okay. Uh, and in its early iterations, and it changed quite significantly, um, it wasn't. Okay. And then, but I'm a big believer in iterating and finding the fun. Mm. And every time I took one step closer to it being a matching and game. Yeah. It was more fun. <laughs> and then I tried to do things that, you know, well, how can I get that fun but somewhere else? And yeah, it was just inexorable. It just, it felt right. And it was good fun huh. when you, you were matching stuff. And yeah, I just, I just had to follow the fun and go for it. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you play a lot? Of, did you play a lot of games growing up then as well? Oh uh, yeah, heaps. But more strategy games. That's, I mean, that's okay. I would call myself a, a strategy gamer. What was your thing? What was, so how, how old are you, Luca? 34. 34, okay. I'm 36, mm. so we're about the same. Mm. So were you, were you on like C64, Amiga? Amiga, stuff? Amiga, yeah. Amiga to PC. I never, had a, I, I never had like a, a SNES no, or, me neither. Uh, or SNES for your American listeners. I went straight to, I went from, I went Commodore, the, uh, 64, and I went Amiga, and then I went PlayStation. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, I do PlayStation. So, yeah, I, I like uh, I like RPGs, strategy games. Because I'm not very good at action games. Fair. Fair enough. In fact, 10, 10 million in a similar vein went from being turn-based to being uh, real-time huh. uh, about... It flip-flopped about five or ten times. Mm. Uh, okay. And again, it was, it was more fun yeah. with the real-time version, so I had to go to it. I, I think that actually ended up being one of the main selling points is right. that it was this sort of fusion of action and, and real-time and yeah. like gem matching, which hadn't really been done that much before. Mm. So it worked out all right. Adds an urgency to the... To the mm. to the gameplay, right? Yeah, I had to put I put in a tip, uh, which I think is important, and it's a an important life lesson as well. Which is the worst move is no move, right? So don't just don't just sit there looking for the absolute correct thing to do. Do something, yeah. right? Yeah, um, that's quite uh, good. Mm. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you were, what were you playing then? Like, uh, are we talking like Populous and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed Populous, uh, all the civilizations. Yeah. Because Populous is your real-time... Mm. I think that's the earliest real-time strategy I can think of. Or Settlers, was that before? I can't remember. Settlers 1, yeah, it was around the same time. Megalomania. No, no, I guess Settlers 1's got to be after it, I think. Megalomania. Megalomania. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what a corker. Yes. Well, I say that, I probably haven't played it in many years. But and, at the time. And, and, and yeah, I don't know if it still stands up, but yeah, at the time. It's that first experience, isn't it? Yeah. That kind of thing, yeah. But yeah, so you were strategy and... and uh, I think so. Um, yeah, probably wasn't that good at the old action games. Not very good at video games. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there's a thread through from like those kind of games to what you're making? Do you think there's a... Do you think the games that you enjoyed or still enjoy playing, do you think they influence what you make? So or? with 10 million you must build about, there was, there was definitely a bit of that, which is like, how can I bring interesting RPG elements to this genre? Yeah. Um, and if people say, what have you made? I said, oh, some games called 10 million you must build about. Like, oh, what are they about? It's like, oh, it's like a, like you match him, but it's got RPG elements that are one of them. Mm -hmm. so, no, no, <laughs> no. I did it before it was cool. All right. I mean, I was far from the first, right? Yeah. But it's it's not that it's not that unusual these days. In fact, X with RPG elements isn't that unusual no. these days, right? Yeah. Um, whereas in 2012, I think it was it was certainly heard of, but less common. But I think making something on mobile that isn't like that isn't necessarily uh, monetization first mm. is quite rare still. Well, it was sort of like a fusion of like a matching game and an endless runner and, yeah. and with RPG. And I called it like an ended runner because like there's <laughs> a game with an end. Yes, yes. Uh, which was very unusual. And I think that, that was a big selling point. I think, so out of the games, right, we've got 10 million. You must build a pirate. Mm -hmm. Then I had an interlude, uh, made a little experimental game called Smarter Than You, which is still... I, I think it's a brilliant game and I love it. It's just not very fun to play. Okay, tell me about that. Uh, so it's it's uh, basically rock, paper, scissors. Okay. Um, and it's played asynchronously. Uh, right. So I, I will send a rock, paper, or a scissors to you. Yeah. And each time each one's got a different value. So, right. so you've got to, if you have 30 life each, and say a successful rock is worth 12 damage, a successful paper is worth three damage and a successful scissors worth two damage right uh, so i choose one of them and now it's your choice now obviously i've chose rock 
Right, because that's 12 damage. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so you're going to choose paper. Right. But I know that you know that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then in addition to sending uh, your choice, mm. um, you, you could say five words. You could do like a chain of text <laughs> to the person. So you could say, uh, definitely don't choose paper. <laughs> uh, so you, you sort of try to psych the other person out and the, the knowledge they had was what you said okay. and the values. And then so they had to guess the correct thing and then... It was iterated, so you'd have like five or six rounds. Uh So you'd tell if someone had an affinity that, or you could try and suss out what they preferred to do. Uh, And it was really interesting because you could decorate your characters slightly. Like you could have different avatar, you could have a flag. Okay. Uh, You could have like an icon, Mm. like a sword icon that you only got if you were a heavy sword user. Other than rock, paper, scissors, it was sword, heel shield i don't remember arrow okay. arrow okay um uh, you said that you're like oh well if he's if he's got that icon he's mm. obviously he's going to choose rock because so then you could try and present based on your on your thing that's um, really interesting so it was like a really game theory heavy interest into game designers mm. sort of game and it was actually uh popular i had the monetization model in it which was after you completed a game mm. uh you could pay real money to give the other person more experience points so they could unlock new uh, cosmetics. <laughs> uh, you couldn't you couldn't buy yourself anything. That's yeah, I like um, that. the person could reciprocate. Yeah. Uh which made it interesting if like you paid real money to tip someone and they didn't reciprocate, you'd feel a bit put oh, out. Um very few people did that. I think it made like two thousand pounds off the back of that. Um it's interesting. Though. But then I it was like, you know, less than one percent. Hmm. Uh but then I put in an option. It's like you could watch a, a 10 second ad to tip the person, which is uh, much, much less like you're not spending real money. Uh-huh. 60% of people watch uh-huh. the advert. It's, it's an incredible amount of people who will go out the way to tip their opponent bonus experience and yeah. not necessarily get anything in return. Huh. So this that is was, interesting. It was a, it's a very fun, interesting game where I was explain, exploring those sort of things. Yeah. Um, That's so I'm, I'm a huge fighting game fan. Hmm. I'm interested in the scene. I'm yeah, interested in it, like a massive, massive and very deep, too deep to the detriment of other games. Right. Whatever. Um, but what you described there is you've extracted um, all the kind of um, esoteric elements of a fighting game and put them in a... Because fighting games are mm. essentially rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, with, with some entry to... Entry to skill level that I do not have. <laughs> yes, yes. With all that on top, yeah. right? So, so, and at the top level, when you when you're watching it as a spectator with knowledge, as an informed spectator, yeah. it has all that in it, and that's why people get so excited because to to like to the layman, they look at that and go, "What? We just did a punch mm. or something," you know, and, and everyone's losing their minds. He did a punch. I can't believe he did that. Right. <laughs> you know, and everyone's like, "All right, mate. Yeah. Okay." That's just you know they just can't see it and over here there's another set of people just falling over you know <laughs> and um and i think what with that with what you've explained there and described in smart than you you you've you've kind of distilled what the yeah the the human elements that make fighting games so interesting mm-hmm. have in there because you've got as you said um you get so you get two players who know each other really well 
and they probably train together all day every day anyway and then they enter a tournament and and you know they're usually the best guys and they're, mm-hmm. they're the top right and it's the final the semi-final it's a high pressure situation big audience these guys know each other so well right yeah so as you say it's that situation of well last time they played he did this he did rock and but he knew he was going to do rock so he did mm-hmm. paper right yeah so that's it in both their heads and then people are following it closely in their heads like some high level play yeah and it, and it's that it's like well i know you're gonna do that but i'm am i gonna f- pretend that you're i'm gonna do that and you know so it's this level mm-hmm. upon level i yeah. know you but you know that i know that but do you know that i'm gonna pre- yeah and it's got that you've kind of distilled that in that whereas yeah I, can, I tried to put a really simple ui on it as well i think it was when ios when did they go all flat was that eight seven whenever it was yeah i released it at the same time as that and i sort of used the, yeah. the new ui that they had so it was like it's like super accessible uh-huh. um so yeah i had like a wide wide range yeah. of, of people playing it i think yeah. i had a, a million downloads in the first week or something yeah if, if i'd put a better monetization model in it i might be a millionaire right now but i didn't <laughs> so uh of course i wouldn't stab it right <laughs> yeah well he's really... kind of on the back burner because like he's another sort of like intellectual game design fun thing uh, <laughs> sure. that it's got is like it's on the back burner because it's part of a project where it's basically all these interactions where you say this but actually this uh, it is all recorded or it was before GDPR it's not anymore um, and I've, I'm putting it into an artificial intelligence uh, and basically that's learning uh, particularly with what people say like with just like the, the pure values Humans quite predictable, okay, uh, and say okay. Well, they're just they'll quite often if his if his a a ten twelve damage nine damage two damage nine's gonna be popular because it's almost as good as twelve but less obvious and yeah. Um, but like, there's there's weird stuff where if someone says I am gonna choose rock, they're probably lying. Yeah. So I'm gonna choose paper. They're probably telling the truth. Right, and and there's loads of of weird weird stuff like that where <laughs> you you strong you strongly indicate something without realizing you're strongly indicating it, um, yeah. and there, and there's like some really weird stuff where it's like there's an aggressive move, and then there's the uh, sort of more passive move, and then it sounds like blatant stereotyping, uh, but if someone's showing an Indian flag and the other person has a Pakistani flag. Uh, more aggressive moves are preferred huh. unlike the, the the friendliest people that attack least by a significant margin of Canadians <laughs> uh, and, and, and there's all, all sorts of large, like weird data points like that uh, where how someone plays rock paper scissors and the sort of messages they send to each other is very predictive of, of what can happen so I'm making this artificial intelligence which basically digests this giant database of information and then sort of tries to work out based on what um what flair you're showing what's your flag what avatar have you chosen you've chosen an angry looking character or a happy looking character uh-huh. what are these values what have you said what have you said in the past and then try to work out what you're going to do based on it so if that stuff really interests you you've kind of i'm, tr- I'm trying to chart your uh your uh well it goes a bit goes a bit off course now right with photographs you've got like i would argue that photographs is the first game you've put out so far with a with a sensible name (laughs) it's very hard to google yeah it's very hard to google i know yeah there is that there is a problem between between like 10 million and (laughs) 10 million turned out all right i think i I rank higher than um 
than the number 10 the million <laughs> now on, on Wikipedia. That's great. I have, a trade, I have a trademark on the number 10 million. Have you? Which is absurd. Um, I tried to trademark You Must Build a Boat and they said, no, it's a description, not a title. Okay. Um, well, that's uh, the whole saga thing. Uh, yep. So they were dead set against it. Uh, but then I said, right, but, but you're okay with a number. You're okay with trademarking a number. That's <laughs> <laughs> just weird. Yeah. Like, so, okay. So yeah, but difficult name. I um, like the name. So, you know, we've gone, we've gone into this much more narrative heavy mm. angle now, right? Is this without, this isn't me sneakily trying to work out what you're doing next to now, but do you think that's a trend that's going to continue in terms of like story led work or is it not really a conscious kind of path are you just going to see what sticks and which of your ideas in the in the giant notebook Hmm. of ideas works what is there a is there a plan (laughs) i imagine my next game wouldn't be a narrative game okay um because i think they're harder to sell okay and the reason for that is that in fact with um with photographs i i didn't send it to youtubers uh, when I yeah. released it because it's like a couple of hours and then people can watch it and then they don't really have a reason to play it if they've watched no. someone play the whole thing I don't want people getting spoiled if they were going to play it mm. um, I've since sent some out because I thought well if people have been spoiled they would have been spoiled by now yeah. and then uh, you know, people have done videos on it but then some people have kind of been like oh, why don't you contact me at launch uh, yeah. I'm a bit salty about it right um and then there was a talk Jason Rodded at GDC about what games are popular okay. these days. And it's, I think the, the word he used was infinite scenario generators, okay. which is like, which is, is very viewable. Um, and yeah, it's like he said, he was saying his game, uh, compared to my game, there is the absolute limit on what someone, YouTuber or Twitch streamer or whatever, can play my game is about three hours. Yeah. And he's saying, this guy playing his game, uh, he's on episode 136. He's about two hours each. And, uh, you know, he plays it and plays a different game with a different set of people and where things are quite different. Yeah. And it's much more, you know, easy to, you'd say, uh, like, single shot experiences are a harder sell these days. Mm. Yeah, it's not it's not a YouTubable game, is it, mm. really? Not that that, not that I feel that's to its detriment, but what, what's most important to you going forward in the next game in terms of? I tell you what, and I wouldn't have said this six months ago, um, but I'd been working on photographs for a couple of years. It's quite dark. It's quite tragic, uh-huh. um, and I think I absorbed some of the darkness right. I, it sounds really arse no, 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 no. right I, yeah, cool. but it it kind of gets you down mm. a little bit yeah. and then I had to do like a localization update for you must build a boat so I, I went back to you must build a boat for a week which is a very happy kind of camp upbeat yeah. fun game I loved it yeah I loved it it was always so fun it was like chippy music and going yeah. as you're doing it it's, it's just it's, it's quite just a pleasant and positive yeah. game to be in uh, and it was it shocked me yeah, uh, yeah. when that happened because I, I didn't realise that maybe it affected my personality or something working uh-huh. on something tragic for, for several years without much reprieve yes um, 
I guess it seeps in quite slowly because you mm. don't, it's a gradual thing, right? And that's, if that's the world you're inhabiting, it doesn't really matter mm. too much whether it's... I think if I was working with an office with like six other people and we're like, oh, should we go out for lunch? Yeah. It, it wouldn't matter so much, but because mm. I, I work in, in isolation and the characters I'm making are my human contact. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I feel a strong connection to all of my characters. Of and, course. And... Uh, that's probably why. So that's why it made such a difference. Yeah. Um, so yeah, whatever I make next will probably be something a bit more fun. Because <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think Vogress is the best thing I've ever made. I'm very proud of it. Yeah. I don't know if it's fun. Aside from just thematically, generally thematically, what, the specifics of, of the characters and that sort of thing, like how did all those come about? W was there a shortlist for that, for each yeah, character? Yeah, pretty much the, my usual game development process, which yeah. is throw loads at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. So I, I wrote m many stories. Um, there was an important guide in vain that um, they had to be different. So, hmm. okay, so the first one, is, I, guess, I guess it's a story about parenthood and, and responsibility. Uh, but then, like, someone who doesn't, I mean, that's still connect to it to some extent, but someone doesn't connect to that so much, maybe, like, the fourth story is, is about duty and, and legacy hmm. and someone who, who that's important to is that. So I wanted to make sure the tragedies and the settings that led them into the, into their into that situation was was very different yeah uh, so you know i'd wrote stories where i was like yeah that's good but it's kind of treading very similar ground mm. to this as like okay death's tragic mm. but then we have a death are we just going to have someone die in all five and it's like oh sad that person died yeah. so we had to you know come up with different ways things were sad so this that was the way he he failed his his, his family and he, he let his father down or whatever yeah uh for the journalist uh, so yeah, that, that was where it came from. Making lots of things and seeing what worked well together. Yeah, it's and it, it, I feel like it's slight, slightly bookended with very, I guess slightly more with the with the with the last story, but very slightly fantastical elements. Not, but not hugely so. Mm. So like the plant in the first one it was obviously like a. I'm I'm hoping not a real plant. Just me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you've got to watch out for that stuff, boy. Um, you know, and that was just there's a light element there, but then it doesn't come back until the last story. The, the fantastical element mm -hmm. um, was that something done on purpose? Do you think, or was that just was there? You know, was there any? What was the decision behind having that kind of? Because the final story really is the one that has the most kind yeah. of fantastical feel to it. Yeah, very much. Yet at the same time for me had the most uh uh the most i could empathize with in the real world setting being a dad well i think that's that's the powerful right because that makes you can empathize with someone even more it's like you don't even live in my world mm. but on this we agree yes right yeah you divorce the the setting from the feeling mm. um and it's and it's almost kind of self-referential to the game as well right because they're the they're the one set of people who do 
what you end up having to do in the in the end of the game right, right. they they do that for a living almost they they avert disaster mm-hmm. by by meddling meddling yeah yeah but in the other direction yeah before yeah. it happens rather than after right yeah also there, there was a few reasons for doing that um and i'll be honest it makes me sound like i, I don't not really good at narrative and weaving together interesting stories but the main thing was that i wanted to tell these stories about these people that respond to disasters but we center on a diorama and that's literally where all action takes place so how can i tell this story if the action takes place not there uh so i said well i've got to have some way of bringing the action here so i was like well what about if I have like a magical room where i can teleport stuff in ah okay now it works so like 80 percent of it was was technical for, yeah. for being um more, yeah. more fantastical uh but then i wanted to sort of the way it ends and then you can go back and you can change your decision and you're teleported to this place if there was no other fantastical elements you'd be like saying what's that all about right yeah. i wanted to allude uh to okay well this this world doesn't follow all the rules of the real world but enough that you can still connect with this person. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, I think those are the main reasons. So and and the, the sort of the theme of photographs tying it all together. That's um, it's quite an abstract. Can't believe I haven't asked about this yet. Being a photographer and it's taken me this long to say. What about the, fa- the photographs bit? Mm. <laughs> um, within the game, it's kind of an it's an abstract. Uh, concept isn't it where you're finding the within the scene you're finding the relevant bit right um but it's quite a considered mechanic there's a lot of you know you've got the um live sort of data at the bottom right that is 80 percent of processing power it it accurately meters the scene yeah and and changes i tested it and and (laughs) there's no reason for it to do it i appreciate that because i tested it and went oh no it's doing it right okay okay yeah yeah. i was like let me just check is is he yeah okay did so so i did check that so good um it's the the reason is you're a voyeur for the mm-hmm. first 90% of the game, mm-hmm. right? And that's why we have the viewfinder and that's why we sort of look through and then we look at photographs. Do they know we're looking at these photographs? Are we following along in the story? Do we? they know we're watching? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it is to remove you so that at the end of the game when you become part of the story, mm. um, it's, it's more of a, a shift. Yeah. Um, and the other reason is you can communicate a lot of emotion in a photograph. Mm-hmm. And because we were trying to be very economical with our words. Mm. Um, there's one particularly in early on in the, the alchemist where he, he tries his cure out on the cat. Wow. And I said to Octavia, who did the art, um, I said, all right, listen, he's, uh, he's got to try this cure out on his cat. This cat's been here since the start of the game. So they've obviously got a connection. Mm. Uh, and he's, he's sad about this mm. all right but he's, he's doing it with conviction he knows he's got to do it he'd do it again mm. uh can you can you sort of capture that emotion in the photograph you've got like four pixels yeah um, <laughs> it's like yeah thanks but yeah uh, it's that, that was one of my favorite pictures uh, yeah. in the whole game because it absolutely nails yeah. it yeah and um yeah it's a way to hell of a skill actually you know, even if you don't sort of study this photo for 10 minutes, even if you just look at it and you're yep, next, I think you still absorb you know. the emotion of the moment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's why I wanted to do the photographs. Yeah. Uh, 
And it's also, there's only some stories where it touches on the idea that this person's looking over their own memories in, in a series of photographs that you're looking mm. through an album. Yeah, that, that was, because uh, I was working with all, all the voice actors and that was, that was the hardest thing we had to discuss really is because the direction I gave was, we are we discussing this in the present tense? Yeah. But you already know what's happened. Mm. Um, so it's also in the past tense sometimes. Hmm. And emotionally, you you know what's happened to you. You you got the bad end of the story, right? Uh, yeah. So you have to talk with some regret in your voice. But we can't spoil it because the player doesn't know that yet. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so on this optimistic bit, I need you to sound optimistic, but with just a hint of like foreboding in it. And so just to get we did many takes on, on some of the things to try to try yeah. and nail that because there was some weird. Is it present? Is it past? I don't know. Yeah. So was the decision decision to have voice acting as opposed to just text as well? Again, same reason as the other stuff is like, we got half an hour. Can't guarantee people are going to read the text. Mm. We need to use every possible vector to mm. inject our story and our emotion. Yeah. And so the voice acting, yeah. uh, which is which I really like, I think it's really good. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a big part of that. And also people are more willing to read the text if there's a voice going on going along with it yes yeah yeah a lot of first times in this mm. in this game right yeah in terms of departure from from the yeah. previous yeah especially things like voice acting and getting that right and, yeah yeah i mean yeah. it's definitely more human yeah and since yeah. we're trying to empathize with people as humans yes yeah, it helps Yeah, I chose the athlete because uh, no one else does. Yeah, is it's that the only reason you chose the athlete? <sighs> it's not. It's mainly that no one else does, but also, even with everything, half the people still think she got what she got, she deserved. And in my mind, she's she's okay. She's not like nine years old, but she is still a kid. Yeah. Right. Yes. And uh, maybe because I'm an old, old man now. Like, I think you see, see people as, as kids, anyone that's 10 years younger than you, right? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> only 25, what do they know? <laughs> right? right? <laughs> uh, so I, I got I kind of see as a kid, so I feel yeah. like I've got a fight in a corner because no one else will. Sure. I got a terrible review um, from someone who played up to the journalist mm. and then absolutely hated it. said it was an attack on journalism and it was an attack on journalists and, uh. and shows the terrible political viewpoints of the creator. It was really scathing. I did not understand it. Interesting. Mm. But I think... But then I, I can't be too salty about that because I've gone out and I've made a game that's there to try maybe challenge some existing viewpoints. Yes. And it's there to... Yeah, it is there to connect to you emotionally. So you can't get too annoyed when someone has an emotional connection or was, an emotional reaction to your game. I'm hoping this the next game is this one I'm, I'm jamming now because I, I really like the idea of it. I really want to make it. Okay. Um, and if if you jam this next one, do we know? Are we allowed to know anything about this? Or yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm jamming it openly. I'm talking about it. Right, okay. And, and my pitch is kind of like the fighting game thing. Oh. Is um, I like RPGs and stuff and building characters and stats and stuff. Yeah. Problem is, 
you can play a game, come up with a really good build, yeah. and then check online and someone's done a better job. Mm. Right? And that that sucks. <laughs> Uh, so the game's called Patch Notes because it's um, every time you play, it patches itself. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're both playing. After we've been both been playing for uh, an hour, our games are completely different, and it's all about building your character. So, like in your in your game, based on these last few patches, like ice spells are overpowered. All right, um, and you get to play that. You get to play the game of going. I spells are I'm going to put ice in my deck. Whereas me, I've had like, um, well, poison damage has been nerfed, but in the last patch, this item got buffed. So when you do poison damage, you gain energy. And, and I can combine that. And, you know, in, in a normal game, someone's already worked that out. And you say, this deck's brilliant. This one's brilliant. This one's brilliant. Yeah. Whereas you get that experience of working out how to beat the game and make something totally overpowered. Because right. um, I, I love doing that. Right. Uh, does anyone else love doing it? I don't know. That's why That's why I'm doing this jam now to do it in seven days. Right. Uh, and then I'm going to put it out there and see, okay. is it just me that sucks at video games? Or is this like a universal thing people are experiencing? I don't know. I want you to call it that. Is it just me that sucks at video games? That's your next title. <laughs> yeah. And if you, and if you, so if this, if, if it feels like it's, you know, getting its mm. hooks in, is that something you might like take further? Do you think? You I'd like to. I really like the idea of it. I li- like, it's my sort of game. It's something totally different yeah. than, than the last four things I've done, which yeah. I like because yeah. I, I like to work on some different stuff. Um, yeah, I, I hope so. But on the other hand, I try to be very wary of when I'm working on a game, it's very easy to have like another idea uh-huh. like I did with this game two years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, that interesting. Maybe I should do a little side project. I tried to be very... Uh, disciplined about shelving and saying that is interesting but it's not going anywhere and when I have some free time I'll experiment with that